1: Hello, my name is Nigel. Jason Hammer is here. Now, coming up, we're going to have all the audio, all the analysis, all the reaction to Joe Biden's desperate last-ditch effort to smear Republicans and quell the red wave coming up next week on November 8th for midterm elections. Got all that coming up, Hammer. There's a football Um,
2: term for that. It's called the Hail Mary.
1: (laughs) Right, and that's exactly what this is, Um, and it was... So dumb and so predictable, and we'll have all that covered for you here in just a little while. Bringing it back here to Indiana, the Delphi suspect charged in the murders of uh, Libby German and Abby Williams is being moved to uh, a different location because of his safety. They're worried about
2: his safety. Yeah. Uh, so in the order, Judge Deener wrote that the move is to protect Allen. Court documents explain that when Richard Allen appeared for his initial hearing, he was covered in protective gear. And court papers also say that this was not used to protect him from the court, but rather from the public.
1: Well, Yeah, I mean, you see that a lot with these high-profile murder cases that are very... Uh, Emotional I mean people uh, The uh, the guy that killed uh, A police officer A couple of years ago In his canine He was hauled out In front of A bunch of people With uh, bulletproof vest, uh, helmet on, you know, flak jacket, whatever you want to call it, and uh, yeah, obviously, I I want this guy to be safe, and I want this guy to be safe because I want I want to I want to want him to get convicted. I want there to be a jury trial. I want them to send him away for the rest of his life, or possibly the electric chair.
2: I wish you know? we still used the electric chair, man. You know me. You got me all fired up talking about the electric Sorry, chair. the needle, whatever. You Bring know what old Sparky you back. You got me fired <laughs> yeah. up. Uh, but to your credit, now normally I'm the first one to say I hope this guy meets his maker. But right now we need more information because it feels like there's a lot more to this story than just one guy being charged with the death of these two young ladies. Sure, yeah. Feels like there's a lot more of this puzzle that needs to be put together. And uh, so he's being moved into a state facility. This was a court order. Now, meanwhile, prosecutors are moving to drop some of the uh, counts against Keegan Klein. Now, for those who might not be as familiar with the story, Nige, uh, Keegan Klein, this was not the guy that was charged with the killings. This was the guy behind that fake catfishing social media profile that got busted with a lot of child porn
1: anthony shots was the name on the catfish profile i believe it was on instagram
2: and prosecutors in miami county are now asking a judge to drop five of the 30 child porn related charges against keegan klein hmm. they claim that there are five charges that can't be proven So they're asking those charges to be thrown out. The other 25 are remaining. So let's not get it twisted. It's not like this guy's getting off or, or anything. 25 charges still remain, and he is set for trial in January. But the question that we were talking about the other day, and again, it's speculative. We have no idea what's going on behind the scenes. But for argument's sake, let's say that Kagan Klein gave some sort of information to the police about... Richard Allen. Maybe it's the whereabouts of a weapon. Maybe it's the whereabouts of some things that he said online. I don't know.
1: I mean, you yeah, had the state police take uh, Keegan Klein out of jail and to the Wabash River and to some other areas. And we have no idea what that was about at right. all but we didn't know if it was directly or indirectly
2: related to
1: the uh, the delphi murders
2: so the question we asked the other day and again we're just kind of spitball in here but if klein gave some information to the authorities that led to the arrest of richard allen would you be okay with him getting a little bit of a lesser sentence now keep in mind he got busted with a bunch of child porn we know according to documents he had conversations with liberty german shortly before uh she she died died. so if Mm. he gave some sort of information to the cops would you be okay with his sentence being a little bit on the light side
1: yeah as long as he didn't have anything to do with the the murder as long as he didn't have anything to do, uh, maybe somehow he comes across some information. Maybe he wasn't the only one using that catfish account with the uh, supermodel, the the dude that was a model that was the his, that was his profile pick when it was really some gross guy um, trying to solicit uh, images for for himself. Um, I mean, as long as he didn't have anything to do with their killings, yeah. I am. I mean, if it leads to more information, if it leads to more arrests, we don't know if there are going to be any more arrests. We know the inv- investigation is still open, right? We know the cops still have the tip line and the email account, and um, and and we don't know any of the other charges. We don't know how this guy Richard Allen got on their radar in the first place. place. Uh, that was one of the questions I asked the people from the Murder Sheet podcast when you were gone Monday. Was this guy Richard Allen who was living in Delphi, working as a pharmacy tech? Was this guy on your radar at all? Have they ever heard of him? Have they ever seen his name before? And no, they were shocked. They had never, uh, not once uh, at all, uh, um, uh, came across his name uh, in their investigations.
2: November 22nd is going to be a key day. That's going to be a court hearing where we'll find out whether or not some of that information that has been ordered sealed has to be released to the public. And if some of that information comes out, maybe we'll start to figure out how the police ultimately zeroed in on Richard
1: Allen. it tells me how good of a job the police, the FBI, uh, the Indiana State Police, um, Superintendent Carter were doing in terms of keeping the information locked down because uh, those are some pretty good investigators, uh, journalists, uh, lawyers from the murder sheet that have been following this story from the very beginning. I highly suggest you go back to Monday's show and listen to that conversation. But yeah, they had no idea about this guy or how this guy was... Uh, even on the
2: police's radar. And we heard from the grandmother of one of the victims. I think she was on News Nation the other night doing an interview. Uh, The guy was working in the pharmacy, but he also worked in the photo lab at that CVS. And the family had interactions with him. There were some pictures they were having printed off for the funeral. And he was the one giving them the pictures, did not charge them for it, uh, but... Again, November 22nd, that's a key date on the calendar here, and we'll follow this story. So where are we at with this story in the Indy Star today? From James Briggs, one of their columnists, that Diego Morales, who's running for Secretary of State, certainly been a controversial choice. It's been a lot of chatter about Diego Morales, uh, but it turns out that he may have committed voter fraud himself. Now, keep in mind, the Secretary of State, that's the position in the it's state a of Indiana. Of the, of elections. That's in charge yeah. of elections. Uh, he may have voted as a Hendricks County resident while living in Marion County. This is a uh, excerpt hmm. from the article today from James Briggs. Quote, morales was paranoid about who might be watching the condo he claimed to live in and directed campaign staffers to make it appear that it was occupied this was according to a source who heard morales request firsthand during the 2018 congressional campaign it's a lot of chatter about the secretary of state race and there's a
1: lot of people that don't want him to get this position Apparently, uh, from Republicans and Democrats and left leaning uh, media outlets. He's clearly a flawed candidate. I mean, let's put it mildly. That's I mean, the Me Too accusations are there. Didn't seem like they caused much of a blip on his radar, though. Um, uh, Destiny Wells is the Democrat. Um, going against him, I'm probably voting. Not that anybody cares who I vote for. I don't ever tell anybody who they should vote for, but I tend to lean more libertarian. Certainly when it comes to certainly when it comes to this uh, cycle uh, next Tuesday.
2: Yeah, there's a lot of drama. I've never heard such drama about a Secretary of State race. Yeah,
1: I know. I, I know. I, I, I I'm concentrating more on. I'm really more concerned with Senate races in other states, (laughs) quite frankly. I'm I'm concerned with the Marion County prosecutor's race.
2: I know Rob Kendall's head just spun all the way around hearing that um, because he would argue that this is the second most important race, the second most important position in the state of Indiana, and he's probably right. Well,
1: I'll ask him about that later.
2: Right, right. He's coming off the rails a little bit later on. We'll get him on the show. Uh, But there's just so much drama here, and it goes back to – the candidates that you nominate and Nigel, you mentioned you've been watching a lot of the senate races this could be true for nevada this could be true for georgia and it's certainly true for the republicans in indiana and the secretary of state race you can't take anything for granted and you have to put better candidates out there
1: You're listening to The Hammer and Nigel Show on 93 WIBC. Hammer is very excited because it is National
2: Sandwich Day. Or, of course, the old joke, as we like to call it, every day. Every damn day, man. All day, all night, as Lionel Richie said, all night long, (laughs) National Sandwich Day. Yeah,
1: I'm, I'm making a turkey sandwich probably about three out of the five days a week. When I come here That's the old standard Do you go with the Swiss?
2: Is it a turkey and Swiss? Um,
1: No, either uh, Kobe Jack or Cheddar Okay, uh, but uh, definitely deli sliced, sliced cheese, not like the you know craft cheese singles or anything like that.
2: Now, are you a cold sandwich guy or are you a hot sandwich? No, guy? man,
1: I would love a good BLT. Um, I, I think it's big. Is it Big Dave's Deli in Zionsville? Man, they make a mean BLT. It is so so good. That's a local kind of mom and pop place, I believe. I haven't been there for a long time, but uh, but yeah, I love BLTs. A good hot sandwich.
2: So I guess today or tur- a turkey melt for that matter. I I, I make
1: a mean turkey melt at home, by the way.
2: Today's the birthday of the fourth Earl of Sandwich, (laughs) who was born on this day in 1718. That's the dude the sandwich was named after. The fourth Earl of Sandwich.
1: (laughs) Is she related to the Duke of Spendingburg? (laughs) (laughs)
2: As
1: Rob Kendall would say.
2: So let's get a couple things out of the way right now. (laughs) Don't come to this show with that nonsense that a hot dog is a sandwich.
1: Yeah, I hate agreeing with you on that, but I'm with you. A hot dog is not a sandwich.
2: Right. Falls into its own category. Yeah. But where is the best place to get a sandwich, hot or cold? Now, there's a lot of people that are going to hate on the chain restaurants, right? But I'm not going to be a chain restaurant hater. Listen, I can go to Subway. I can go to Jimmy John's. I can go to Potbelly right across the circle here. You know, I could get a sandwich from those places, and I'm going to be happy. But is there somewhere in Indy that has just the best sandwich? Is a hamburger a sandwich? In your mind? No, I think that falls into its own category like a hot dog. Okay. So I, I'm a guy that takes things maybe a little bit a different direction, but I feel like it's got to be some like lunch meat kind of stuff or, you know, the. Toppings after that, and then the two buns.
1: You know, my mom does. She makes these uh, awesome, like cheese cheeses, the Hawaiian bread, those tiny little squares. And, oh and, and yeah. And puts uh, cheese and ham and turkey on all of them, and butters them with uh, like a like a uh, Parmesan topping, and puts them in a slow cooker for, for Christmas. Okay. And, uh, uh, and or Thanksgiving, and those are really good tiny little saying i could eat about
2: eight of them <laughs> in eight minutes and here's a little fun fact about uh, the hammer and nigel show and i think radio in general if you claim that you've got the best sandwich in indy you have to bring it up here absolutely you and do. you'll probably get some uh, mentions on the air i'm not sure if we're allowed to talk about that but it's a little secret of the broadcast industry if you're going to claim that your sandwich is awesome then we say, put up or shut up. Well, Bring the, it up. here. the
1: Popeye's guy did it a few years ago with the Popeye's chicken sandwich when there was that big controversy when it was missing. Um, you claimed it, it didn't it, exist. It's yeah. <laughs> like the big <laughs> foot of chicken sandwiches because everybody would line up, but then they'd run out. Um, so yeah, we're. I mean, is there some place in your side of town you go, or is it, uh,
2: you know, is it the chains? It's usually the chains. There's not really a mom and pop sandwich shop uh, where I live at. So hit us up on Twitter, Facebook at Hammer and Nigel. Uh,
1: what about subs? Oh, I love subs. I mean, but, but sandwich s- s- submarine sandwich. I mean, yeah, that's what they call them, right? Right. There's go go to if you're in Zionsville, it's right next to a Bubs Burger Sub 16. As I, I believe it's kind of a mom-and-pop place. Uh, I think it's sort of a firefighter theme place. Um, those are a couple of places. I know Friendly has good sandwiches, hot, hot sandwiches as well.
2: So is your daughter into the new Taylor Swift album, Nige?
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, of course. Her and my wife both. Uh, that's something they bond over. They sing along with all of them. I, I, I don't know how. I, I think they were on it the next morning when it when her latest album came out. You know, Midnight I mean? I yeah. is her new
2: album, yeah, so. and like all the ten singles are the top ten songs in America right now.
1: Right, Billboard
2: Top One Hundred or Hot One Hundred.
1: That's right. never been done.
2: So, speaking of Taylor Swift here, um, there's an old song of hers called I Knew You Were Trouble. It's from an album a couple years ago. We've kind of made fun of it before because there's somebody did a remix where there's like a screaming goat at one part where Taylor Swift is like yelling or (laughs) something in the song. Well, now somebody has... (laughs) Mixed in their automatic paper towel dispenser. <laughs> so here's what we're going to do for you. We're going to play you the mix here. Right. You're going to hear Taylor Swift's I Knew You Were Trouble with the goat and the paper towel dispenser. Now
3: I'm lying on the cold hard ground.
4: Now I'm lying on the cold hard ground. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm lying on the cold hard ground.
1: There's the
2: goat. Yeah. (laughs) I couldn't tell the goat from the automatic paper towel dispenser. That's great. That's awesome. A flight attendant who posts travel tips on TikTok has been racking up the hits with her three things you never. Should Be Afraid to Tell a Flight Attendant segment. Take a listen.
0: Three things you should never be afraid to tell a flight attendant. First, if you are any kind of medical professional, an EMT, an RN, a doctor, let us know because we always want to know who our ABPs are. Second, if you're afraid to fly, please tell us. We want to be able to keep an eye on you and give you that extra support that you need if you're an anxious flyer. And last, if you are not feeling well on a flight, please let us know. We want to be able to do as much as we can to help you. We want to keep an eye on you so that we can rapidly respond if there really is a medical emergency. So never be afraid to tell us that.
1: What are they going to do if you tell them you're anxious or uh, uh, you know afraid to fly? If Sit an down and put flyer. your
2: seatbelt on and shut up.
1: <laughs> unless you're going to start, uh, uh, you know, um, side handing me bottles of vodka, little minis. You know, oh, that's you know, a great you know, idea. Know, unless you're going to start doing that, then I don't
2: think there's much they could do. Like if you really sell it, I'm so scared to fly. This is my first time. Vodka always calms me down. <laughs> like if you really sell it, you might be you might be onto something. It's the hammer and Nigel show.
3: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclib 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you.
5: Don't watch you it, Heather!
0: You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show.
5: Hey, bro, you mind putting on some pants? I find a little weird I have to ask twice. WIPC. Yeah.
2: This is how much we love you. This is how much Nigel and I care for you. We watched Joe Biden so you didn't have to. Let's not waste any more time. Let's check in with wheeling, dealing, hair sniffing, kiss stealing Joe Biden.
5: Biden.
2: I got hairy legs.
5: If I'm elected, we're going to cure cancer. <laughs> the
2: president has a big. So, Joe Biden, speaking in D.C. last night, if you were doing the uh, bet that we had lined up, over under how many minutes into his speech he was going to bring up the hammer attack against old man Pelosi, we set the line at six and a half. Because we figured he's going to talk a little January 6th, he's going to talk about getting out to vote, but then he'll get to the hammer attack. Nigel, that undercashed quick last night. It was about 15 seconds. 15 <laughs> seconds, right out the gate. We're talking hammer attacks, underwear hammer attacks, right out the gate at the nation's capital. Here's another thing that I noticed last night Joe Biden was positioning this as a way to basically calm the temperature of the country, right? Midterms are coming up, no more political violence. I thought for sure one of the networks would at least carry that speech. None of them did. I scrolled through last night, NBC, CBS, mm-hmm. ABC, none of them carried it. It was only on cable last night, and if you missed it, you didn't miss much. Well, I mean, it was basically kind of the the red wedding or
1: the the, the speech from hell part two. Maybe a little more tamped down, but he basically droned on about political violence. He wasn't concerned in the least with anybody except the Democrats uh, and and what's been done to them. The, the Paul Pelosi attacker got top billing, like you said, 15 seconds in and no mention of uh, Justice Kavanaugh's assassination attempt a, a few months ago where the teenage boy killed because the murderer who ran him down thought he was a Republican or, you know, the Republicans that had to duck and run and cover as Bernie Sanders, work, uh, Bernie Sanders worker opened fire to baseball practice. None of that. It was all relating this Paul Pelosi attacker to uh, extreme MAGA right-wing
2: Republicans in January 6, which is quite a stretch. There was also nothing on the economy. Oh, there's that, yes. Nothing on inflation. Okay. Nothing on fentanyl. None of that last night. It was all Republicans bad. Defend democracy. That's all that it was. It was about a 20-minute speech in D.C., and here is Joe Biden.
5: There's something else at stake. Democracy itself. I'm not the only one who sees it. Recent polls have shown an overwhelming majority of Americans believe our democracy is at risk that our democracy is under threat they too see that democracy is on the ballot this year
2: was that kind of a self-own because all the polls are showing red wave right now so if you're telling me voters think democracy is on the ballot and they're voting against you in droves what do you think's happening here joe
1: I mean, there's the issue. Uh, yeah, he did bring up the issue of voting. And again, Biden only mentions extreme MAGA Republicans, whatever that means, and how they're a threat to democracy, because they had questions about 2020 and never talked once about how the Democrats spent years telling us that Russia rigged the election to keep Pantsuit Patty out of power. Uh, or did he mention, just as an example, Stacey Abrams claiming 2018's gubernatorial election was stolen? Or, I, I mean, even last week, Hillary Clinton, a.k.a. Pantsuit Patty, saying the Republicans are planning to steal elections. <laughs> she doing do the same thing that Joe Biden's accusing the Republicans of doing.
2: And last night, Joe Biden was basically told to go up there but not be as divisive, right? We're not going to have the red lighting. We don't need you to be angry, Brandon. We need you just to be <laughs> regular, Brandon. Uh, but at one point, he still called the Republicans dark forces we the people must decide whether the rule of law will prevail or whether we will
5: allow the dark forces to thirst that thirst for power put ahead of the principles that we've long guided us
2: dark forces mm. that thirst for power because
1: you somebody listening right now happens to be more conservative and happens to agree with Even locally here, what Republicans stand for. You're uh, a dark force. You were a, uh, it's like something out of Star Wars. right?
2: If looking at this administration and saying, this sucks, makes you a dark force, consider me Darth Vader, (laughs) because (laughs) everything they have touched has turned to crap here. Kylo Ren sitting over here. (laughs) Um, This was uh, one of our favorite moments last night. Some words of wisdom from Joe Biden. The big lie has been proven to be just that. A big lie. <laughs> so you're telling me that the big lie is indeed the big lie. That's like some,
1: I mean, who's getting paid to write that speech? <laughs> Boy, that is some eloquent
2: wording right there. The big lie is the the Eagles! <laughs> <laughs> kind of reminded me of Rodney Dangerfield in Back to School talking about the Great Gatsby. Yeah. Well, the
1: Great Gatsby, he was uh, a... <laughs> yeah. He was great. I mean, it, that big lie line is like Fetterman and the Eagles thing. <laughs> the Eagles are better than the Eagles. Eagles. The big lie is the
2: big lie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Joe Biden last night, they propped him up there. They gave him a shot of something, and he said that it's unlawful and un American to not totally commit to blindly accepting the results uh, of an election. Okay. I stand here today. There are candidates running for
5: every level of office in America, for governor, Congress, attorney general, secretary of state, who won't commit, They will not commit to accepting the results of the election that they're running in. This is a path to chaos in America. It's unprecedented. It's unlawful. And it's un-American.
1: Shake your head at this kind of thing. Again, Biden endorsed Stacey Abrams in 2018, and I don't think she still accepted the results
2: of that election in Georgia. Give me a break. I'm going to read you a tweet, Nigel. This is from April 2nd, 2020. Quote, Reminder, Brian Kemp stole the gubernatorial election from Georgians and Stacey Abrams. But wait, hold on. It's I thought it was just a clip of Joe Biden right before you said that saying
1: it's unlawful to not blindly accept the results of an an election.
2: April 2nd, 2020. Reminder, Brian Kemp stole the gubernatorial election from Georgians and Stacey Abrams. That tweet author was Corrine Jean-Pierre, the current White House press secretary. I'm sorry, I didn't say it right. Corrine, ha, ha, ha! The White House press secretary. Um, I'm telling you, it's going to be hilarious when the Republicans roll these turds up on Tuesday and it's the Democrats saying that the election was not fair. Yeah. Because you know what's happening. And if you don't believe us, here's a little montage of how it's happened before.
3: You can run the best campaign... You can even become the nominee, and you can have the election stolen from you. We have a president
4: who, if in fact it is proven, uh, has been assisted by the Russians and may in fact
3: not be a legitimate president. One thing that Trump is fearful of uh, when it comes to his being president is that finally we will see how illegitimate his victory actually was
4: i have an objection i object to the 15 votes from the state of north carolina i object because people are horrified he's an illegitimate president he was not elected there is overwhelming evidence that george w bush did not win this
3: election after the election when you stole the election you came back here and said get over it no we're not going to get over it you
5: know it i know it they know it
2: we won that election the democratic process was If Stacey Abrams doesn't win in Georgia. They stole it. It's clear. It's clear.
0: I think that Stacey Abrams' election
1: is being stolen from her.
4: It was not a free and fair election. That was Stacey
2: Abrams right there at the very end. <sighs>
1: Uh, just zero credibility no leg to stand on whatsoever I- I- including i thought i heard hillrod in there a few different times oh sure just, just her last week <laughs> talking about hey look the republicans are going to steal this election just to let you know uh, aren't you doing the exact same
2: thing biden is uh, accusing republicans of doing you mean to tell me uh, there's hypocrisy in the political left i'm shocked uh here is uh, joe biden Kind of laying the groundwork. Just laying the groundwork. I'm not going to say any more other than that. You come up with your own conclusion to what's going on here. We want Americans to vote.
5: We want For every American's voice to be heard. Now we have to move the process forward. We know that more and more ballots are cast in early voting or by mail in America. We know that many states don't start counting those ballots until after the polls close on November 8th. That means in some cases, we won't know the winner of the election for a few days, until a few days after the election.
2: It takes time to count all legitimate ballots in a legal and orderly manner. Don't you dare say anything. You're not allowed to say anything about the pallets full of ballots coming in at 3 a.m. You're not allowed (laughs) to think about it. You're not allowed to talk about it. But may the dark forces be with you. And by the way, how is it that the U.K., Can do this, but we can. Like, remember when they did that Brexit deal? Like, they were able to tabulate all the Brexit votes, nearly 34 million in one day, but we can't get Pennsylvania done. We're not gonna be able to get Georgia done. And what? last, uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Just lastly, since we're just crapping all over Biden here, as a baseball fan, it <laughs> it kind of made me smile that the Phillies in the World Series were rolling. They were rolling in the series. They were up two <laughs> games to one. They won seven to nothing the day before. They hit home run after home run. The good Dr. Jill Biden goes to the game yesterday and they get no hits. <laughs> Just one L
1: after the other for the Bidens right now. Did that speech last night do anything to help pull Dems out of this downward spiral heading into the midterms next week? Do you think? I mean crime indoctrination of kids in schools economy gas prices inflation i didn't hear anything about that from biden last night just a bunch of bull crap that was about him it was all about biden and stuff that matters to him and the democrats not the american people it's a disaster of a strategy vote for republicans and you're voting for dictators and authoritarians says the guy telling you who he wants you to vote for and what his priorities
2: are it's sick I spent about five minutes talking about Trump in the 2020 election Ugh. last night. Uh, to quote Janet Jackson, what have you done for me lately? Let's talk about some grocery prices here. Let's talk about gas prices, crime, something. Good Lord. It's the Hammer and Nigel show. I love this.
1: It's making rounds on TikTok. This- chick uh, surprising her boyfriend with evidence that he cheated on her so she's filming herself leaving her car and confronting him he's standing in front of some building and it, like he's just got this lack of response that makes it clear he knows he's busted
5: ladies you're gonna like this one who's jenna from bowling green what'd you do with her <laughs> no no what did she send me everything today what did she what happened you want to tell me not
4: on <laughs> I bet not. I bet uh, not.
1: Okay. Did you ever get busted back in the day before you met Mrs. Hammer on anything?
2: <sighs> no, but these TikTok videos, they all feel scripted. Like, I don't know. Maybe I'm a cynic here. It feels like the boyfriend and the girlfriend, they said, hey, let's make a video yeah. go viral. You know. stand in the driveway. I watched
1: it, the look on his face. I've had that look on my face before. I recognized that look <laughs> on my face before. Before I met my wife, uh, my, the chick I was kind of hanging out with was out of town over New Year's, and she came back the next week, and uh, she goes, uh, why is there this uh, prophylactic uh, empty wrapper in the bathroom trash can?
3: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kiskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kiskali is right for you.
1: And I go, uh... <laughs> busted that'll get you because she was gone yet there was a rapper a trojan rapper in the trash can right you understand what happened
2: i'm fully aware of what happened so that's
1: why i can tell by the look on that guy's face that uh, that might have been real
2: (laughs) man i don't know i think everything on tiktok is fake everything about it but your story very real it's the hammer and nigel show
0: Hammer and Nigel. Do you believe these characters are weirdos? On 93 WIBC.
1: Oh, man, a Hammer. I think I'm uh, doing the deed tonight. What do you mean? I think I um, uh, It's not what you think. Uh, since we got IU basketball, we're getting out of here a little early tonight. I'm going to be doing some uh, early voting tonight. Oh. At the Zionsville Town Hall. Going to make it official. I need to know, though, uh, what it's like out there right now. If I have to wait more than 15 minutes, I'm not going.
2: Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Spoken my, like a true my, patriot. My
1: civic duties uh, cut off at 15 minutes. If it's longer than that, so wait at w- whatever time we get out of here. We get out of here at 6 to 9? Is that what it is? Yes.
2: I you pregame right. at uh, 6. So I
1: need somebody to tweet at us at Hammer Nigel. Let me know how the Zionsville Town Hall line is right now for the early voting.
2: I hope you get there and Mayor Emily's right in front of you. She turns around. Hey, wait your effing turn. I'm the effing mayor and I'm going to effing vote first. Line's back here, mother effer. <laughs>
1: I'm the effing mayor. <laughs> so, yeah, midterm voting. I think I'm doing it tonight.
2: Well, since you're going to go vote tonight, possibly, now that we're all in the mood, let's do some midterm stuff. Polling. Debates. Fetterman. The
5: Eagles are so much better.
2: And <laughs> Midterm stuff. I really hope and pray she's in line. You have to go don't up and care. say hi to her. Hi, I'm so Nigel. I'm Are you the effing mayor? <laughs> you know, like, stick your hand out to shake it. Uh, listen, we're getting closer and closer to election day. I'm a day of guy. The only time I've ever voted early is when I knew we were going to Florida for a trip, so we had to vote early. Okay, you usually get
1: right in and right out, though, don't you? Your precinct. Yeah. Like, man, that town hall is hit or miss where I live,
2: man. It could be either be a two-hour wait or you get in or out. So here's my reminder for those who have not yet voted. The political left in this country hates you. They hate you with a capital H. They hate everything about you. They hate everything you stand for. Look what happened during the pandemics. You thought it was just two weeks? Ha! As TK Dub would say. Here's another example. This is another example of how these people feel about you. This was from The View earlier today, Sunny Hostin.
3: But what's also surprising to me is the abortion issue. Um, I read a, a poll just yesterday that white Republican suburban women are now
4: going to vote Republican. Why? It's almost like roaches voting for raid.
2: They're calling you roaches. Yeah, yeah How hate. dare you disagree with us?
1: You have any sort of an idea, any sort of disagreement other than what I have in my mind as correct? As uh, then you're, then you're a roach. You're a roach voting for Raid. I mean, let's not forget that, you know, uh, uh, Joe Biden called kids roaches. Um, <laughs> there may have been some racial overtones. To that, that was a different um, meaning, though, I think. Yeah, Joe whatever, Biden was man, being a but racist. Yeah, but, they, but still, they're, they're using
2: that term because they hate you. They hate everything about you. So don't feel like, well, you know, maybe I shouldn't vote for all of the same party. Do you, but understand, these people hate
1: you. If you're an affluent white woman living in the suburbs and you actually have an opinion contrary to the most leftist extreme liberal uh, ideology, then you're a roach.
2: Right. Maybe even you have some liberal tendencies. Maybe you are in favor of abortion, but you're not down with this up until the moment of birth stuff. Absolutely. That's not good enough for Sonny Hosting. You're a roach. She calls you a roach. Uh, Meanwhile, (laughs) I guess this is an endorsement. So in the Ohio Senate race, again, this is one of the key races going on. J.D. Vance against Tim Ryan. Wyoming Republican. Liz Cheney the real Liz Cheney. Yes, she's the real Liz Cheney. She's endorsing Tim Ryan, the Democrat in this race. So I guess Mm. if you're J.D. Vance, you kind of got to consider this a win, right?
1: Why are you calling Liz Cheney a Republican?
2: (laughs) (laughs) My apologies. (laughs) Come on. No uh, chance. Everything she touches turns to crap. So this is yeah. probably a good thing if you're JD Vance, right? Yeah. Oh, really... Liz Cheney's hitching her wagon to the other guy. Yeah,
1: absolutely. She, <laughs> she she ruined her career. She uh, has no political career anymore. And um, just by virtue of the fact of her hatred hatred for Donald Trump, her blind hatred for Donald Trump, and and this January 6th committee that she is on, she's 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 done as a candidate for the
2: Republican Party. Whoever she runs against and whatever race she decides to run, hire me to write the negative campaign ad against her because we're going to go full Eminem mode. Won't the real Liz Cheney please stand up? Please stand up. So last night in the World Series, there was a couple ads for Dr. Oz and Fetterman. Now these are national ads, okay? People in Indiana, Alabama, Kansas, California, They're seeing ads for the Senate race for Pennsylvania. So at first I was thinking, this doesn't make a lot of sense. But when you understand how many people in Pennsylvania are watching the World Series because the Phillies are in it, I kind of understand why they're deciding to do this. They don't care if anybody else in the other 49 states see their ads. They want as many eyeballs in Pennsylvania to see the commercial. So that's why we're stuck watching this crap. Fetterman's ad last night—the one that I saw—he was ripping on Dr. Oz because one, Dr. Oz is from New Jersey, and two, Dr. Oz is rich. <laughs> what? It's the first rich guy ever run for office. So About that
1: that short little dude that ran for president in the Democratic primary, Bloomberg. Oh yeah, that guy's it, pretty a rich. Little
2: Bloomberg. <laughs>
1: It's pretty rich. Yeah. Yeah. Yesterday, we had the story that Fetterman was bashing Oz because he's a, quote, celebrity. He always brought up, well, this celebrity, is trying to use his celebrity to influence. Oh, Meanwhile, that's in the
2: commercial, too. He called him Doc Hollywood. Uh,
1: yeah, exactly. Meanwhile, you're getting endorsements from celebrities everywhere, Fetterneck.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm. it floors me with the Democrats, like... Why do they hate successful people so much? That's one of their things, those awful rich people. But the minute they get a chance to become one, hot damn, they're buying houses left and right. How many houses does Bernie Sanders have now? He's the richest, most successful socialist I've ever seen in my life. Uh, Fetterman, also stumping. How many houses does Patrice Cullors have from BLM? That's a scam.
1: What a scam artist that is. Those cities are
2: still waiting for those dollars to come in, by the way. Uh, here's Fetterman stumping in Pennsylvania. I want you to try to figure out what the hell he's talking about here.
5: Figure out of your yard. Yeah. 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 Have, you, you know, have any stressed kind of relationships with folks, friends, family? Yeah. 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 Coming up you know, later this month at Thanksgiving.
2: All right. (laughs) What? So I got a transcript here, okay? We're going to play this clip again, but again, I'm not making fun of the guy because he had a stroke. I'm telling you, he's not up to the job because he's had a stroke. You don't have to reward somebody a position in the U.S. Senate because you feel bad for him. You need to get this guy some help. So James, (laughs) you are going to be on the hot seat here. James is our producer taking over for uh, Kyle Wells. I've got the transcript in front of you. This is from Fetterman last night. I want you to read this transcript word for word. All righty. If you, you know, have any stress kind of relationships with folks, friends, family coming up later this month at Thanksgiving. Okay. Now play the clip again. This is Fetterman.
4: you
5: Have any... Stressed kind of relationships with folks, friends,
2: family. Coming up later this month uh, at Thanksgiving. Uh, Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Again, I'm not bashing the dude because his faculties are not there, but you can't put this guy in the Senate. He's not capable of doing the job. Get him the help he deserves, and shame on his wife, who clearly doesn't care about his well-being. She keeps putting him out there. So... This is this is a mess. But, Nigel, did you know we had a record label, Hammer and Nigel Records? Of course. It's very now, successful. Now, sometimes when we write these songs, we outsource it to people who sing better than we do. Right? Because neither one of us have a golden no, throat. No. But this one's kind of personal for me. Okay. So I decided I'm going to rock this one out. And when I put this song together about Fetterman, I was listening to a lot of Pearl Jam, Okay. <laughs>
5: Uh, I, I, I do support fracking and I don't, I don't, I support fracking and I stand and I do support fracking.
2: Flipping and he's flopping on the fracking. He's a liar. Pants on fire.
5: I don't support fracking at all and I never have.
2: Wants to legalize all hard drugs, release the thugs from inside (laughs) of the jails, and that thing on his neck's big, and I bet it smells. That was the grossest thing I've ever heard. Come on! His views and Bernie Sanders in line. He is John Fetterman. (laughs) Mooched off his mom till he was 49. He is John Fetterman. His wife doesn't care if he's sick. Or fine, she's Mrs. Fetterman. Mrs. Fetterman, <laughs> that knot on his neck's probably loaded with brine. He is John Fetterman. He is John Fetterman.
0: What qualifies you to be a U.S. Senator? You have 60
2: seconds. Hi, good night, everybody. <laughs> Little Pearl Jam yeah. tributes. Bravo. John Fetterman. <laughs> Fetterman.
1: <laughs> Hammer and Nigel presents Is everything,
5: everything. It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Yeah. Is this anything?
1: WIPC. All
2: right, Hammer. Hit me. How do we play Is This Anything? I'll give you some stories. You tell us if they're anything or not. It's pretty simple. Is this anything? An Ohio police department is in hot water after dressing up their horses as ghosts for Halloween. Okay. But many in the people in the community accuse them of dressing the horses up like KKK members. <sighs> Here are members of the community voicing their concern that the horses may be Klansmen.
4: A sheriff's office, you know, that's supposed to be out there protecting people. And
5: if I saw that on my street, I would be terrified. That was a very poor execution for
0: a ghost. If you go back and look at pictures of the Ku Klux Klan, it's like the exact replica of what the horses look like.
5: I'm sorry that perception
1: was there. It was never our intention to do that. Certainly the lights decorating it, I I certainly didn't see any clan members decorated for halloween yeah, i mean i saw the news footage it's always the 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 woke white liberal that's offended uh in these types of situations and uh, like you you look at how do you dress up as a ghost what's the most traditional way you can think of to dress up as a ghost put a white sheet on and cut out holes (laughs) in the the eyes eyes. that's exactly what it was there was no intention whatsoever to try to portray these horses as kkk members i mean they had christmas lights on them for god's sake or, or they had halloween lights on them so no i mean i guess if we were playing the game is it racist no it's not racist stop clutching your pearls you
2: dummies. And stop and apologizing to these morons. No, we don't yeah, have clan I mean, horses. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to apologize because we don't have clan horses, you dumbass. The minute that we stop apologizing to these morons, yeah. that's when we'll kind of maybe turn a corner here a little bit. Is this anything? A 16-year-old in New Orleans was robbed at gunpoint and put in the freezer while working at McDonald's On top of that, when she called 911, her mom was the dispatcher who answered the call. Here's the call, then the comments from the girl and her mother.
4: Mama, please hurry up. She got a gun. We're going to hurry. Give me a description. She got a
5: mask on. She got somebody outside. And she got us in the freezer. You in the freezer? Yes, she had us in the freezer. I was very worried because I didn't want my mama to have to bury her youngest child. Knowing that I could have lost my life, but she saved my life, I was very happy. She said McDonald's, so I'm saying, what is your location at McDonald's? It's me, Tania. on Claiborne. Mama, help. (laughs) Where it broke me down was when my child said, we're in the freezer. that has
1: got to be an awful moment. You're a 911 dispatcher. You get a call from somebody that uh, you happen to find out is your daughter that's currently being robbed and locked in a freezer in a fast food restaurant. That's something for sure. I mean, these fast food workers, man, they don't get enough credit. Right. I'm glad maybe they're getting paid a little bit more now. Than they were uh, initially. Uh, A couple of you know the the but you know with the rise of inflation and the rise in wages don't really work out the way you want them to. But that being said, uh, they they don't get enough credit and they have to put up with a lot of crap every social media video you see out there late night people brawling uh, people going behind the counters of fast food restaurants that's all it is is late night fast food restaurant workers who are trying to make a decent living or I'm actually not even a decent living who are just trying to do the right thing by having a job and you have these creeps come in here and you could think they can, they they could rob you and treat you any way they want to berate you see a lot of berating going on for fast food workers when all they really want to do is serve you and make sure you're fast and make a buck while doing it it's not the most glamorous job uh, in the world trust me i know i was a fast food worker when i was 16 years
2: me old me too so i've I her age steak and shake right there in emerson avenue that was my first job and on the other end of this the mom that takes this call yeah. that's working as a dispatcher my response and again i don't know what this mom believes in okay but if i'm that first responder Yeah, baby, hold on one second, and I drive over there, and Daddy's got a little something for the bad guys. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show.
1: Yes.
3: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you.
1: Listen to the Hammer and Nigel
3: Show. Can you believe these animals?
0: What the hell's happening to this country? On 93
1: WIBC. Hammer's over there. My name is Nigel. Uh, Analysis and reaction to Joe Biden's desperate, pathetic uh, last-ditch effort to smear Republicans and maybe... I don't know, quell the red wave coming next week, which is all but impossible. Um, we'll go to the com hotline and bring on Tommy Piggott, old friend of the show. He's the RNC Rapid Response Director. OK, Tommy, uh, why did Joe Biden give this speech last night?
4: Well, I think he gave this speech was one to, to smear Republicans, but two, because they have nothing to run on. He has no yes. record to run on at all. If you notice what he didn't mention in his speech last night He didn't mention inflation He didn't mention the border He didn't mention education He didn't mention supply chains Not even uttering those words uh, So he really has nothing to run on His his only tactic is really to lie about and To try to scare uh, the voters from voting for the Republican Party uh, But that's not going to work Because his policies are just a complete and utter failure
1: That's what it is, it's fear he was trying to stoke the flames of fear. And, and this this thing about, you, you know, you vote for Republicans, uh, you're voting for dictators and author- authoritarians that are going to take away your democracy, says the guy that's telling you who to vote for and what his priorities are.
4: So that's what's so antithetical in terms of what he was saying, so contradictory in, mm-hmm. in terms of what his argument is. It's He's saying, you only love democracy if you vote for one party. Yep. You only love your country if you vote for one party. That's what he's saying. That's what his logic is. That's the opposite of what democracy is, to try to say that you, you, you don't love your country if you vote for Repub- the Republican Party. That's that, that's That's what he's saying, and that's so contrary to democracy. But again, I think the American people see that, because the American people see that Uh, Joe Biden ran on uniting the country and all he's done is stoke divisions. He's gone down to Georgia and fueled a boycott of a Georgia voting law. And now we have record turnout. He smeared Republicans as Jim Crow 2.0, as Jefferson Davis. Really name your your villain from American history. And Joe Biden has tried to call Republicans that. And the American people, I think, are sick and tired of it. And they're sick and tired of it, especially when they see his policies costing them money at the grocery store, the gas pump, and when they see crime rising in their community. I think the American people are sick of it.
2: And that's the thing, Tommy. If he would have mixed in some other things last night, you could write that up as, okay, it's a Hail Mary right before the midterms, fine, whatever. But at no point last night did he bring up the economy or inflation or crime or fentanyl. It was completely ignored last night.
4: It, it, it was entirely. He also didn't mention the, the pro-abortion extremists targeting pro-life centers around the country with vandalism and attacks. He didn't mention those people either. He, he didn't mention... So many issues that matter to the American people, uh, and it's because he has no answer to them. He has no answer to the fact that prices are rising at the grocery store. He has no answer to the border crisis. In fact, he's the blame for these problems in the first place, and that's why he has no answer for them. He's the typical Washington, D.C. Uh, career politician, a politician that has spent his entire life trying to dodge responsibility, trying to dodge uh, 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 any sort of change of course, and only knows how to do is double down because he's a stubborn politician. But that's not what we need in the president, especially a president that instituted all the wrong policies right from the start. So if voters expect a change, if voters expect a change in course, the only solution they have is to vote for Republicans. Because all Democrats will do is more of the same wasteful spending, more of the same soft-on-crime policies that got us into this mess.
2: We're speaking with Tommy Piggott. He's the RNC Rapid Response Director. I think my favorite part of the whole speech last night was the kind of self-own that Joe Biden had. He was talking about how the poll numbers show that people are aware democracy is on the ballot this year. Well, hell, Tommy, if you look at all the poll numbers, the Republicans are winning right now. So what does that say about Joe Biden, his policies and his administration?
4: Well, I think it shows that they failed. I, it really was kind of a cell phone in terms of, you know, he, he says he doesn't look at the polls, but obviously he is. And the polls show that the American people disapprove, on it, disapprove of him on almost every single issue. Because, again, they, he failed. It, it's, they, they kind of think they have a messaging problem. They think that's their only issue is messaging. But in reality, their issue is that their policies just don't work. Good policy is good politics, and good politics is good policy, and their policies are terrible. That's why the American people are are refusing to back them in terms of when it comes to a lot of these issues, and that's why they're going to lose – in just about
1: five days. Isn't it funny? It just speaks volumes, Tommy. I mean, the the issue, I mean, there's another issue of voting and questioning the the elections. Biden only mentioned extreme Maga Republicans, whatever that means and how they're a threat to democracy because they had questions about twenty twenty, but he never once talked about how. How Democrats spent years telling us that Russia rigged the election to keep Hillary Clinton out of power. I mean, the list goes on and on. You could tell we we could play a nine-minute clip, a nine-minute montage of Democrats uh, uh, denying election results and questioning electric uh, questioning election results in previous elections.
4: That's exactly right. He didn't mention Stacey Abrams. He didn't mention himself either, by the way. Uh, Joe Biden is in that. I know, know the montage that you're mentioning. Joe Biden is in that discussing the 2000 election. I mean, so he's even in that montage. I think really fundamentally and importantly, though, is that if they really cared about preserving democracy, they wouldn't oppose common sense, widely supported election integrity measures. They wouldn't oppose those. They'd want them. They would want to enact measures that increase confidence in our elections, that make it harder to cheat and easier to vote. That's what someone that wants actually a functioning democracy, that's what they would want. But Democrats oppose those measures. They're smearing these common sense and, again, widely supported, something like 80 percent of Americans want voter ID. They're smearing these measures. Uh, and I think that kind of shows how, how dishonest their argument is, because if they actually wanted a functioning democracy, if they wanted to secure a functioning democracy, if they wanted to make sure our democracy was as strong as possible, they would support these common sense measures, not oppose them. And I think that kind of undermines their whole argument.
1: Tommy Pickett, RNC, Rapid Response Director here on the Hammer and Nigel Show. What did you think of the strategy from Biden and his administration? I mean, right off the bat, he, he started droning on about political violence, but, but he wasn't concerned in the least with anybody except the Democrats. He, he invoked the name of uh, Nancy Pelosi, uh, Paul Pelosi's attacker. Uh, he, in fact, the uh, his attacker got top billing when there was no mention of Justice Kavanaugh's assassination attempt. Like you said earlier, no mention of uh, violence at, at crisis pregnancy centers. It was it was this hippie, nudist, illegal alien trying to paint him as some sort of, um, uh, this is what the base of the Republicans look like. And that was ridiculous.
4: Uh, it is ridiculous to say that this is what the base of the Republican Party looks like. And our chair, Ronald McDaniel, has been clear that We condemn political violence of of any type. And we've been consistent on that, consistently condemning it, saying it has no place in our democracy. And you're right to point out, though, that Joe Biden has not done that. He has never said in public that he condemns the assassination attempt against Justice Kavanaugh. Never said it. He's been completely quiet on crisis-pregnancy centers, like we've mentioned. And on top of that, actually, Democrats in the Senate are right now working to deny funding to those centers. So as the the far-left pro-abortion extremists are attacking these centers, Democrats in the Senate are actively working to defund these centers. So that's the reality of the Democratic Party. Joe Biden never mentioned it. And I think that, again, goes to the point that Joe Biden has no interest and uniting the country. He wants to smear half the country. He wants to frighten voters. That's not how you unite people. That's how you divide them. And it's one of the the most important broken promises of his presidency.
2: So, Tommy, one more thing here before we let you go. Looking ahead to Tuesday, what's the latest on the Senate? How are things, according to what you're hearing, shaping up in places like Arizona, Nevada, along with Georgia and Pennsylvania?
4: Well, I got to tell you, I'm feeling good. I mean, I always knew that we had the better candidates, that we had the better messages. Uh, and now I feel like the the polls are starting to reflect that. We have the momentum. Everything seems to be going in our direction. But I say that uh, with, with the preface that we got to put in the work. We're pedal to the metal. We're not taking anything for granted. We've made 90 million volunteer voter contacts because of our amazing grassroots volunteers. That's what's constructed This movement towards the Republican Party, we're going to keep on going. But in every single one of those states that you just mentioned, the polls are moving in our favor. I think we're in for a really good night. If everyone gets out there and votes, everyone brings five other people to vote with them. Uh, uh, You know, I think we're in for a really good night and we have the momentum big time.
2: Tommy Piggott, RNC Rapid Response Director. Tommy, thank you so much. Hey, thanks for having me. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. I'm sorry, I still can't get over the fact that we're apologizing for clan horses. I, I, I'm sorry, that's the stupidest thing I've ever
1: heard in my life. Is that the police riding horses in Ohio? Is that the story that they put uh, sheets over the horses, to, like ghosts? I posted
2: the story on our Facebook and Twitter. You can see the horses with the costumes (laughs) if you go there right now. So ridiculous. Stop apologizing to these idiots. 73 at the American Standard Heating Weather Center. Let's do a little booze news.
5: You set them up and I'll knock them back, Lloyd.
1: One by one. We are going to read Booze News because it's really fun. Once it hits your lips, it's so good. Hammer and Nigel Booze News, Booze News. Deal. Time for booze, booze Man, we need one of these for our office hammer. A Miller Lite is selling tree keg stands that turn your Christmas tree into a beer serving station i love this it sounds like i'm reading this it sounds like there's kind of a limited supply but you get a tree stand tree keg stand.com you can get them for 50 bucks it's like a metal table you can fit a beer keg uh and the ice bucket under and it it's got holes in the top so you can feed the tap through the clip like into a, <laughs> like into a branch so the top is about three feet off the ground okay. and the tree sits on it so it's not like a normal stand but they say you can hold Trees up to five feet tall and 150 pounds, and they're also they're, they're selling beernaments, beernaments <laughs>
2: to go on just, the
1: tree. Just these stupid oversized ornaments that you could you know slip a beer can in and a drink out of. <laughs> um, so Miller Lite is selling tree keg stands. We've got to get one for our office. And as a matter of fact, they asked us to write the commercial for this product, and uh, we here at the Hammer and Nigel Show happily agreed. Uh, for that. Oh,
2: Christmas tree. Oh, Christmas tree. Complete with beer keg tree stems. <laughs> oh, Christmas
5: tree. Oh, Christmas tree.
1: With beer on tap and not canned. <laughs> Christmas
4: tree. Oh, Christmas tree.
1: This gift was not so well planned.
2: <laughs> oh. When you want to be festive and have some beers. Uh I love this. I love this. Uh, Some more booze news. Tropicana is rolling out what they're calling the perfect mimosa maker with an orange juice spray bottle. You a a
1: mimosa guy? On holidays. I was going to say the same thing. Christmas
2: morning, Thanksgiving, New Year's Day. Uh, It's mimosa time in the Hammer House. Um, so Tropicana's limited limited edition device is a 12 ounce spray bottle that spritzes just the right amount of juice into your flute to make your mimosa taste perfect. I don't
1: know if we need this or not. I know how to make a mimosa. Right.
2: 90% booze, 10% (laughs) orange juice.
1: I mean, really, it's like champagne and OJ, right? Right. It's not that tough we lived, My wife and I lived in Austin, Texas, and there was a, a, a place that served breakfast on Sundays. Several places, actually. You pay ten or fifteen bucks. You have you get there at like ten o'clock and I have brunch, but it's unlimited mimosas as long as you're there.
2: Oh wow! You get
1: there at ten o'clock and leave at three. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I will say though, man, like as old as I am now, I'm forty five. I just turned forty five. Mimosa hangover worse than booze hangover. Like, if you well, overdo it on mimosas, sugar, yeah. the sugar and, you know, because it's, I don't normally drink champagne a lot, so you get that hangover later on, man. You get that crushing headache. Go to
1: my mom's house, and she always has the eggnog and brandy.
2: Oh, I never, oh.
1: ever drink brandy except okay. on Christmas Day or whenever we get to, you know, I've got several different places we go. We go to my mom's. She's got the eggnog from Trader's Point Creamery, and she's got the brandy, and it is good.
2: Man, it's that time of year where yeah, you got to start mixing all types of different booze into eggnog. Eggnog's kind of like the hairy buffalo of holiday <laughs> drinks. What do we got? Rum, vodka, yep. brandy? Throw it in there. It's eggnog. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show.
0: Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? On 93 WIBC. So
1: let's rock it! Hi, my name is Nigel. Jason Hammer is here an hour away from Exhibition IU Basketball. Wow.
2: So here's what's going to happen, because this happens every time. When we air sporting events on this radio station, IU basketball, IU football, Indy 500, every once in a while, maybe it's a Pacers game or something, the app doesn't work. The website doesn't work because we're not allowed to stream oh, live yeah. sports. Oh, so yeah. I know we're still going to get the messages, hey, how come the app went out? That's why. has nothing to do with your app. It's because of streaming rules and regulations that are well a our pay grade here
1: hit me up again on social media at hammer and nigel's our twitter let me know how the zionsville town hall is looking is it getting packed because they got early voting going on tonight tomorrow all day and i really i I don't want to deal with it i'm gonna be we're gonna be here all day next tuesday right so i'm not gonna have time to time to do it on tuesday so how's the parking lot how's the wait how's the line over there uh in zionsville at the town hall
2: what's your cutoff is it more than 10 <laughs> minutes do you just take your fat ass home
1: i don't know it, what's it would your be, cutoff
2: for democracy it, it, it'd be
1: awesome if they had like a, a a bar there or something at the town hall <laughs> dude you can't tell me somebody somewhere in the town hall doesn't have a wet bar or a little secret stash Right uh, over there in Zionsville. I know some of those people. Trust me. <laughs> they, they got it in there. I believe you. Uh, so uh, I don't know if I get there and they're like, hey, two hours. No.
2: No. <laughs> I don't have two hours. What if it's 15 minutes?
1: Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 15 minutes. I mean, we got texts earlier or, or tweets earlier that said it was, that didn't look like there was much of a line, but that was at four o'clock. Now this people are getting home from work. Um, so I don't know. I'm kind of dressed like a schlub anyway. You're going
2: to know. vote. You're not going to go appear on Fox News. Who are you trying to impress at the polling Mayor booth? Mayor Emily. <laughs> <laughs> I think she should make these little stickers that say, if you vote in Zionsville, I effing voted. <laughs> and you put it on your shirt and you walk around. Hey, I know where you live. You effing voted. Oh, she is
1: not on the ballot this year. No. By the way. That's next year. And uh, is she
2: even running again?
1: Uh, the guys that I've talked to that are kind of in the know say, no, she's not. But, I mean, I think she'd get trounced by John Stare, former Channel 13 news anchor, who's going to run next year.
2: I think you need to primary him, Nige. It needs to be Big Nige, the effing mayor for Zionsville. We're bringing wet bars to every polling booth. That's your platform. There you go. All right. Uh, so again, IU basketball coming up here uh 6, but at 7 o'clock, you can go over to The Fan, my betting show. Oh, uh, yeah. 7 to 8, 107.5, The Fan. You bet with Bet Rivers. So Hold Nige, on, what's
1: the Colts? I mean, I know we got to tune in for you to talk about this,
2: but Colts line? Five and a half. They the, are the, the underdogs. underdogs. Yeah. New England? Okay. New England is a home favorite by five and a half New points. England's not any good, though, are they? No. They're having a quarterback controversy, too. They've got Mac Jones and this zappy kid. So we'll find out who they're going to play this weekend. It sounds like Mac Jones is going to be the guy. So are you traveling? for the holidays and thanksgiving coming up
1: no god no no done enough of that this year very fortunate to take some trips this year so we are uh, staying local what about you
2: yeah we're staying here uh sometimes we'll go to like tennessee and have like a thanksgiving there but we're gonna keep it at home you know just gonna do the at home thing that's gonna be
1: big Uh, i mean we had i think we had a record record summer travel season
2: Well, if you're planning to fly, keep an eye on what's going on with United and Delta, because right now there's talks of a strike between both of them just in time for the holiday travel. Uh, One of the Delta captains, a guy by the name of Evan Bach, says, quote, we've worked incredibly hard throughout the pandemic to get our customers safely to their destinations. We continue to work hard to this day. We will continue working hard. But we're ready and willing to strike. They feel like they're being overworked. They're not making enough money. Benefits aren't good enough. So they're threatening to say, hey, maybe you give us some more money or these precious people don't get to where yeah. they need to go for the holidays. It's funny
1: how this always pops up around uh, the, the times when... People are flying the most, whether it be summer travel or Memorial Day weekend or Thanksgiving weekend. Right, I man. That's a Thanksgiving is generally the most traveled holiday of the year, right?
2: Right. Planes, trains, yeah. and automobiles, man. Um, so, a United Pilots Union rejected an agreement uh, this past Tuesday, saying that pilots will begin uh, informational picketing immediately. So. We'll find out, man. I hate saying this, but we talk to uh, our guy Hatton all yeah, the time. Yeah, Mike
1: Hatton. Yeah, and that informational picketing—that's not like they can't just go on strike. I don't think. I I, I don't I, I don't know what the legal ramifications are, but the, the informational picketing is when they're they're standing out there, they're handing out pamphlets, they're handing out information for people going to the airport.
2: So let's just say that you booked a flight with uh, Delta or United, and it gets canceled, and they're picketing. Relax, Hammer and Nigel Airlines. We can help you out because our specialty is dealing with bat crap crazy lunatics who right. want to get home for the holidays. Right. Hammer and Nigel Airlines are committed to
1: providing you with a safe, professional, and comfortable environment at 33,000 feet in the air. Get
5: me a free this
1: guy. <laughs> Sound like Mayor Emily. Not only do Hammer and Nigel Airlines have extra leg room and free peanuts, but if you lose your sh in mid-flight, we'll provide the psych vest. I don't
4: care! That,
1: that is Mayor at Emily. At <laughs> Hammer and Nigel Airlines, here. we give preferential treatment to all our veterans. Do you
4: know who my brother's eye three snipers! What a- to- with the fing Marine. Hammer and Nigel <laughs>
1: Airlines, where our motto is you can go straight to hell. Let me a
3: bastard go to hell. Get me a faster script!
2: Blade. She's having an exorcism. Wow. Good lord. But that's our specialty here at Hammer and Nigel Airlines. Alan Green's in for Matt Bear.
1: My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer is here. It is the Hammer and Nigel Show. We have a special guest in the Drivehubler.com hotline.
2: Kurt Spivey is with the IMPD, the Southeast District. He joins us now. Uh, Kurt, you guys got a pretty cool event coming up this weekend. A little friendly boxing match between the police officers and the firefighters. <laughs> I want to get to that here in just a moment. But uh, first, man, we talk a lot about policing and crime on this show. Take me through what it's like on the southeast side right now. Uh, it's
6: uh, Things are busy, but things are busy everywhere. Um, it's just kind of the climate of things right now. So uh, uh, there's been a lot of changes. I've, uh, I've recently gone back to uniform in that area, so I'm actually fairly new there, believe it or not, uh, even though I've got You know, 20, what, 26 years on, but uh, still kind of new to that area and still learning my way around.
1: You know, I I know the IMPD, and we talked to Assistant Chief Bailey the other day, the IMPD going through a recruiting initiative right now. How much are you working? How much are you on the streets? How much are, do you, I don't want to say, do you feel overworked or do you, are you, are you, are you working a lot of overtime? And is that an issue for your, for your precinct?
6: Um, I think uh, the, the overtime's available. There's a lot of guys that work overtime. Um, the staffing is short, and that's not an IMPD issue. That's a policing issue across the country, as far as I know. And, uh, you know, things are shorthanded. We've had a lot of uh, changes in law enforcement over the years, or last couple years, and and they've had trouble filling these positions. And we've got officers retiring at a higher rate. And it's just hard to keep up.
2: So one of the things that we keep seeing, because it is an election season, a lot of campaign commercials from people saying, well, crime is actually down in Indianapolis this year. Crime is down compared to last year. Well, last year was a record year. So as somebody who's on the front lines here, Kurt, uh, how does it feel when you go out? Does it feel like crime is down compared to a year ago? And do citizens feel like crime is, quote, down?
1: Do they feel safe?
6: Um, you know, I, uh, it's hard to speak for others, but. Once again, it's busy. Um, there's uh, large run loads. There's a lot of activity. There's a lot of violent crime, and and that's something that this city's been dealing with for some time. And it's not like I said, it's not something that's isolated in Indianapolis. It's I think it's something they see in larger cities all over the country. And uh, there's a lot more gun violence, and and we deal with issues that years ago, when I was originally on the street, we didn't deal with like the the homeless issues and and things like that that just weren't as much of an impact on our jobs as they are today
1: can you speak to we're speaking with officer uh spivey here impd uh having a a charity boxing match here which i really want to get to i think this is going to be awesome but um talk about how uh when you pull somebody over it's never just a routine traffic stop, is it? Those those words really don't enter your mind as a police. Oh, this is just another routine traffic stop. Somebody was speeding, somebody's got a tail light out. Tell us what goes through the mind of a police officer or maybe even you as a personal experience when you pull somebody over and how the the term routine traffic stop does ne- never applies in your business.
6: Yeah, I think it's just uh I think, as especially as officers get older, I mean, they get complacent. As as officers get comfortable, they get complacent, and and so it is easy for things to become routine. I think you just have to focus and and remind yourself of the dangers, and and just stay diligent when it comes to uh, doing your job and officer safety and and things of that nature. So, um, it's an individual thing for each officer, and I think when you make stops, we know they're inherently dangerous. So, uh, you just have to focus and look for danger clues, and and uh, do the best you can, and uh, you know wait for backup and things of that nature, which which is all part of our training and all part of our protocols. And and uh, there's usually warning signs. You know, you look for those warning signs, and you know, as things escalate, uh, you know, with people, then we. You respond accordingly. You know, de-escalation is uh, a big part of that
1: as well. What's the best thing? Like somebody like me gets pulled over for speeding. What's the best thing they can do uh, to indicate to an officer that they are not a threat? Like I feel like I go overboard. I told, <laughs> like, like uh, officer Spivey, I like I rolled down my window. I turn my car off. I turn the flashers on. I put my, <laughs> I take my keys and put them on my. I take my keys out of the ignition and, and put my hands on the window sill. Um, what kind of things do you? like to see as an officer to say, all right, this guy is, is not a threat? Well,
6: those are all the warning signs. So,
0: uh, great! I've been doing it wrong this whole time! <laughs>
6: no, I, I can speak for myself. I mean, those things are always appreciated. And, uh, uh, you know, as an officer, you just – it doesn't mean you can completely let your guard down, sure. but, you know, I mean, it, it does – make things easier, you know, that leads you to believe that we have a cooperative subject here, and, and, you know, it's common, even with handguns, guys will tell us, hey, I'm armed, you know, I... You know, I've got a handgun on me, and, you know, they'll have their hands in the appropriate positions. But, but you know, just hands, hands are on the steering wheel, yeah. not a lot of movements with the hands, not looking and digging around the car. I mean, we're used to everybody reaching in their glove box and finding their registration and and all that type of stuff. But, uh, you know, I think everything you said is just good advice, and it just kind of uh, it gets the traffic stop uh, off to the right start.
2: All right. So, Saturday night, it is on. the The 911 Slugfest, the Police and Fire Charity Boxing Event. This is at the Marion County Fairgrounds uh, Saturday night. Uh, Kurt, take us through what's happening. Uh, You know, this is our
6: 20th year of this event, so it's Police and Fire Charity Boxing. The cops fight the firefighters. Uh, (laughs) We've got, I think, 15 bouts scheduled uh, boxing, and then we have two uh, as a as a premier, we have two kickboxing bouts as well, and uh, it's a fun night.
1: What are you? What are you raising money for again? Um, this year, we've opened the
6: Slugfest Center in Beach Grove. It's a training facility for first responders. Um, in the past, we've done a lot of the major charities and uh, as well as local charities. Uh, so we've uh, created this program. So this year, we are going to fund that program. And whatever's left over, we'll select a a local charity to fund that money towards. And then next year, uh, we'll be reselecting some new local charities to support, as well as our programming. So the Slugfest Center's uh, boxing, kickboxing, and self-defense training for police, fire, EMS, which is what we do. Um, also, uh, we're looking at some anti-bully programs and, and things uh, like that to help the community out. So um, that's all a new program. We're located in Beach Grove at uh, Churchman and Emerson, and I uh, just got that facility open. And so we're funding it, and then, like I said, then we'll still work with our local charities.
2: Kurt, does this thing get pretty heated? Like, Is there ever some bad blood out there in this boxing match?
6: Well, what I can tell you is there is a huge misconception when people hear the phrase charity boxing. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, um, I think a lot of people think that um, they're coming to watch a pillow fight, and, I, uh, you know, Occasionally, we get the fighters sign up, and they think they're coming to a pillow fight as well, and that usually doesn't go well. So, uh, these guys train hard. Um, they go at it hard, and once the bell rings, it's uh, they're slinging leather and trying to knock each other out. Um, so... It is a vigorous fight, and like I said, a lot of people are surprised because when they hear charity boxing, they think it's more of a publicity stunt or some type of show, And uh, when in fact, these guys are there to fight, and they're there to
1: win. And, and last thing before we let you go, Officer, and you can give us all the details again, but, but who, over the past few years, who, who's come out on top? I mean, what's the record between uh, firefighters and police officers? I always say the police. Okay. (laughs) Good answer. Good answer. (laughs) answer.
2: Uh, Tell us about the event and how much are tickets and where can we get tickets?
6: Yeah, like I said, tomorrow, or I'm sorry, Saturday night, not tomorrow, Saturday night. uh, Doors open at 530. Um, Fights start at 7. It's the Marion County Fairgrounds uh, at uh, 7300 East Troy, not to be confused with the state fairgrounds. Um, We've normally been at Tyndall. And we had some maintenance uh, emergencies, so we had to move the event out to the county fairgrounds. Um, so a lot of people may think this event's at Tyndall Armory, so we'll just throw that in there as well. Um, you know, like I said, fights start at 7 o'clock. Tickets are 35 25 or $15. There's tickets available at the door. And uh, it's a good time come out for a full night of fights.
2: Do you got concessions in there? Is there any uh, any beverages being served by chance? There may be some beverages served. Yes, Uh,
1: (laughs) are you uh, are you fighting, Officer Spivey? No, no, those days are long over for me. (laughs) Uh, We let the young guys
6: get in and do that. But yeah, we, uh, you know, Zinc Distributing will be here along with, with Hotel Tango. Uh, we'll oh, have services here as well and then we can uh, can't do this without mentioning uh, barbecue and bourbon from Speedway yeah we'll oh
2: that's really good I've had that before yes sir they're awesome.
6: yeah they're awesome
2: full night of boxing a big card competitive boxing refreshments and it's all going for a good cause we'll put this information up on our social media at hammer and Nigel officer Spivey we appreciate it thanks man no thank you so much all right, we got Rob Kendall. He's shadow boxing right now in the hallway. That's I think he, he's uh, getting ready for the event this weekend. That's how he gets ready for off the rails, for sure. We got a lot to get to. We're going off the rails with Rob Kendall. But first, let's have a look at the news.
3: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kiskali Ribocyclib 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kiskali is right for you.
5: get up right now and go to the window open it and stick your head out and yell i'm as mad as
0: hell
1: and i'm not gonna take this anymore and now Cameron and nigel go off the rails with rock kindle on 93 wibc My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer is here. Rob Kendall from the Kendall and Casey Show here to go off the rails. What's up, Rob? Uh, Thanks, as always, to our segment sponsor, Garage Doors of Indianapolis. It's hilarious. Hammer and I had a little bet on the. I I guess we didn't make a bet. We just did the over-under on how soon Biden would mention (laughs) Paul Pelosi's attacker and try to tie into the Republicans last night at his speech at, uh, what was that, Union Station there in Washington, D.C.? I thought that was a a hilarious place to have a speech, by the way, just filled with bums and just an empty. A beautiful building, and now it's just empty. Um, but I heard your segment today, a little bit after eleven o'clock. a pretty good rant on how on how yeah, that was the whole point of this speech was to tie this this hippie illegal alien to the Republicans
0: in January sixth. Yeah, because when you think Republican base voter, don't you think nudist hippie BLM flag flying guy from from San Francisco? Yeah, right.
2: Definitely. They've got a lot in common with yeah. the folks that you know vote for Trump.
0: <laughs> so. The Democrats have nothing to offer society. They know to steal a phrase from Pitbull, they're about to go down. They're yelling timber. I think real, uh, real clear politics now has Republicans with 54 seats in the Senate. Who knows if that's going to hold or not? But the fact is, the Democrats have done nothing to better society. In many ways, they've made it infinitely worse, and they know voters are really honked off about it. So, what do you what do you have to offer in that speech? Well, the only thing you have to pedal is fear, and the fear is, well, if you vote for a Republican. Well, it's going to be like Paul Pelosi in January 6th every single day.
2: I thought it was telling last night, and Nigel, we talked about this earlier, not one single network, we're not talking about the cable networks. Yeah. not one regular network decided to air this because they could have spun it as, well, maybe he's going to address political violence and try to tone down the temperature of the country. We need to stop all this. Not one network aired that last night. Well, but
0: what are they going to air? The last time they did this, it was a disaster yeah. when he had the V for Vendetta background yeah. with the the blood red background. The speech from hell. Yeah. He, he is a terrible messenger. Anytime he talks, you know it is just highly, highly, highly works in the favor of the Republicans. And what are they going to talk about? They can't talk about the economy. They can't talk about the price of things. They
2: can't talk about interest rates. They They could at least try and lie, though. Like, don't you think he should at least go up there and try to lie as opposed to not even bringing up fentanyl or the economy or inflation? The
0: problem is, though, the things he would have to lie about and we saw this with Afghanistan. And if you remember last year, Afghanistan is really when people started to turn against him. When people see it right in front of their face you can't spin your way out of it in that case man it was colossal damage and 13 americans dead you can't spin your way out of that he tried it came off really bad you can't spin your way out of what people pay at the grocery store you can't spin your way out of what people pay at the gas pump and when you try to do it it just makes people more mad
1: and and speaking of of political violence and you know he's trying to tie uh, the Paul Pelosi attacker to Republicans in January six. I I was in and out of the speech. I was chasing kids around. Rob, tell me I missed the part. Did he, I mean, he obviously, he mentioned Judge Kavanaugh's assassination attempt and, no. you know, the teenager that no. was killed no. uh, because of his uh, Republican no. beliefs. By, I, I'm sure I'm assuming that was all Nigel, mentioned, Nigel, right?
0: we all know political violence is wholly one-sided. I, <laughs> <laughs> come on now. But, the, but again, this also fails because, okay, so the guy who attacked Paul Pelosi is clearly not a Republican or a conservative. So right now it's still summer of 2020, and almost every major metropolitan city in the country being ransacked by leftist lunatics versus January 6th. That the, that's the tail of the tape here. It but is,
2: Rob, the View told me that nothing happened in the summer of 2020. There were no Antifa riots. Yes, and Malik
0: Muhammad was a was a dairy farmer. Yes, that's absolutely <laughs> correct. All accurate information, Hammer.
1: And I, I just thought it was ironic that you know this whole speech was look if. If you vote for Republicans, you're actually voting for the party of dictatorship and the party of authoritarianism. Says the people telling you who to vote for. <laughs> yeah. Well, again,
0: it's not. It's not working. People are it's going. It's not. People are going to vote for Republicans. Now, nothing's going to change once the Republicans get in there. But that's just what we do in this country. We just ping pong back and forth. People have had enough of Biden. He's not going to be the Democrat nominee for president. I would be shocked if, if, if he doesn't uh, almost immediately after the midterms find a way to weasel his way out of this, and
2: he's done. It's Gavin Newsom, Sureness. right? It's yeah, Gavin absolutely. Newsom and it's Pete Buttigieg. Yep. Those are the two faces that the Democrats will try to hitch their wagon to. Yeah,
0: and the, and why I think it's going to be Newsom one is he's a governor and and executives even if you're running the most lunatic left state in the country usually have some sort of default advantage. He's also more lunatic-y than Buttigieg, so even though he's a white straight man, He's lunaticy enough that the Democrats, I think, will coalesce behind him.
2: And he gets the money. Sure. He gets those Hollywood dollars. He's sure. got all of his buddies, like Magic Johnson, that are be willing to put big bucks into his campaign. I, I don't know about
0: you guys, but I'm pretty pumped for a Ron DeSantis versus Gavin Newsom presidential race. I, I kind of like that. I think that'll be a lot of fun. You don't think it's going to be Trump? No. No, no, no. don't really? I, th- I think Ron DeSantis is going to win by double digits in Florida, which is the prize- key swing state he has registered so many new republicans he's getting so many independents it is going to be a made for case trump is probably going to get indicted and i think there's going to be enough people that are going to be like dude we, we liked Trump, we liked what he had to offer, but we want to win, and DeSantis is a winner. Can
2: DeSantis beat Trump in a primary? Because there are, and we talk about this a lot, folks that are just loyal to Donald Trump. They felt like he got a raw deal from his time in office, and when they ransacked his house, they thought, you know what? Screw you people. That's still my guy. He can win
0: if there's, it depends on how many goobers get in this race. And by that, I mean, if you've got 10 guys on the stage and they're yeah. all pulling five percent, the Chris Christie's or whoever, the
2: Pompeo,
0: then they can take off enough where Trump can do just like he did in 2016 and win with 30 percent of the vote. But I don't think that's going to happen. I think what you're going to see is a coalition of People like me and, you know, I, I don't know who you guys like or support, but I'm just throwing you in here who who were Trump supporters who are saying, dude, you had your chance. You behave like a squirrel. We want to win. You can't coalition build. We're going with the guy who can do it. And I weirdly think those people, people like us, will be able to coalition build along with some some more establishment figures who may not even like DeSantis, but they say. If it's DeSantis to beat Trump, give me DeSantis every single time.
1: Do you think the – I mean, it's definitely a referendum. A red wave is a referendum on the Biden administration. And I think some Democrats would be happy to see a red wave so they can get rid of Biden in 2024 and wash their hands of him. And at the same time, simultaneously, blame Republicans for the uh, the shape the economy is in for the next
0: two years. Yeah, people need to understand this. And I realize it's probably not going to change anybody's vote. But the Republican Party victory that is coming has nothing to do with the Republicans. They have no vision. Can you guys tell me what the Republican platform is? Elect us and we will.
2: We're not the Democrats.
0: Yeah, right. I mean, so so that's the campaign. They're not gonna stop the spending. They're not gonna get these executive orders removed. They're not gonna shut down the government to force Biden's hand, which is what you'd have to do. You're so go ahead and vote for them. It's whatever, but your life is not going to change.
2: I do feel a little more optimistic that a Republican government could at least do something at the border, as opposed to just saying, come on in, uh, we got candy on the left, we've got some drinks over here.
0: Yeah, but the only <laughs> time they ever did anything about the border was when Trump was president. How many times under Bush did they do anything about the border? The, the Republicans are not your friends. To steal a phrase from South Park, they're not your buddy guy.
2: Has the party changed, though, since Bush?
0: No, 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 no they're not the base of the party, not the people in charge. Look at who's going to be in charge. Mitch McConnell... And Kevin McCarthy. Kevin McCarthy is John Boehner. He is Paul Ryan. Einhorn and Finkel. Finkel and Einhorn. It's the same guy. And we we all know what Mitch McConnell is. He's good on judges and sucks at about everything else.
1: My number one concern, and here's why I want the Republicans to win, here's the difference I think they could make, Rob, is energy output. Pro-energy policies in this country. Again, I heard you talking about it on your show earlier this morning. But you can sign whatever you want or you can pass whatever you want.
0: Biden will veto it. You're not going to get anything done because the Republicans will not do the thing they have to do, which is cut off the money they can do whatever they they could do whatever they want to do they will not do whatever they 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 need to do because they have no track record of doing it and republicans like spending money just like democrats they just like (laughs) giving it to different special interests
2: all right i want to take a little time out here and can you come back for one more segment only if we can talk about diego morales and your (laughs) euchre partner governor hulk oh
1: great all right we'll be right back it's the hammer and nigel show My name is Nigel Hammers here. We're going off the rails with Rob Kendall here for another segment. Uh, Earlier this week, uh, the GOP frontrunner for Secretary of State Diego Morales does his interview with our morning show guy, Tony Katz. (laughs) And he asked him about why, you know, like, why didn't he show up for that debate? And uh, Diego (laughs) totally gaslighted Tony and the rest of his (laughs) constituency. He was like... What debate are you talking about? What? Is there a debate? I have no idea there is a debate. Um, Your general thoughts? Oh Well, there is no Hammer and Nigel show.
0: (laughs) There is no Harrison Silcox doing the news. These Uh, aren't the George you're looking for. I'm not here at 40 Monument Circle. I mean, this guy is a pathological liar. I've been telling you about this guy for six months now. And this is why all the stuff that's happened to him, you can't give him the benefit of the doubt on. He was fired by Todd Rokita's office of Secretary of State. He was about to to be fired by charlie white's office when he was secretary of state before he quit there are major holes in his military record we have no idea how this guy earns a living we have no idea what he does for a job he didn't spend forty-four thousand dollars on a campaign car everything about this guy is is shady and he just adds on to it when he lies about something so blatantly obvious which was there was a debate
2: So, there's a news story that came out today from the Indy Star and James Briggs about his voting history.
0: Yeah, so this is really bad. So, Diego bought a house in Marion County in 2016, which he took a homestead tax credit on. Every Hoosier who buys a house has a right to do that, but that's your primary residence. You take that on your primary residence. So in 2018, which just coincidentally was when he was running for Congress, and I don't believe his home in 2016 that he bought was in the district that he wanted to run for, he votes and says, I live in Plainfield. Well, we got a big problem here because you're supposed to vote where your homestead credit is at. That's why it's called a homestead credit, the homestead. It's where you live, your primary residence. So one of two things, I guess, happened here. A person of the law can clarify if I'm wrong. Either he didn't vote in the right place, which is a huge no-no, or he took a homestead credit where he wasn't supposed to, which is also a huge no-no. Everyone's innocent until proven guilty, but this is a huge deal because it's very reminiscent of what took out Charlie
1: White, Oh, when he was secretary of state. How many people uh, actually care about the secretary of state race? I mean, I'm not disagreeing with anything you're saying, Rob, and, and I know you don't like the guy and there's definitely some problems with Diego Morales's campaign, but I think there's probably more people in Central Indy concerned with, I don't know, the the uh, prosecutor's race, Cindy Carrasco and Ryan Mears. Why, why should people be paying attention to um, maybe some of the issues that you're talking about statewide
0: here? Because the secretary of state is the second most important office next to the governor in the state. They can. Everything from business licensure to elections and all points in between. Everybody's been focused on the election stuff, right? And the fact the idea that a guy who's all about election integrity may have voted illegally speaks for itself. (laughs) But the number one thing the Secretary of State does, for for my opinion, based on the history of the state, is business licensure. And Eric Holcomb was allowed to shut the state down in 2020 because Connie Lawson just went along with it and said, "Okay." Had Connie Lawson come out and said, you can do whatever you want, Lockdown McGee. I'm not revoking business licenses if people choose to stay open that would have made it much easier for people who wanted to be bold and wanted to keep earning a living there there is no way Diego Morales would ever stand up to Eric Holcomb and we all know Eric Holcomb would not think twice about shutting the state down again
2: speaking of one Eric Holcomb he's not here oh he's over in Egypt right now speaking at a climate change Uh event where he's the keynote speaker
0: Rob yes because when you think climate change, you think of longtime meteoro- meteorologist slash professional weatherman Eric Holcomb. <laughs> this guy, he's Casey had the stat this morning. He's been out of the country, not out of the state, out of the country 14 times since he's been governor for a guy who wanted to be the governor of indiana he appears to want to be everywhere but indiana and he loves to leave this country i say stay over there just stay <laughs> over there in egypt give him a job at the pyramids we'll all be better off did
1: he hitch a ride with frank and Kerry, <laughs> the uh, climate czar well and i love you this idea <laughs> he's getting on a
0: plane to fly to egypt which will use more fuel and have a bigger footprint than I'll have in this yeah. entire year to talk about climate change. This guy has this, biz- this guy being Holcomb has this bizarre fetish. With getting out of this country and trying to bring foreign companies to this state while not giving a damn about people in this state, these workers that are going to come here won't be bettering Hoosier workers. They won't be from here. They'll be pulling people from other countries and other states. Think about us for once. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I feel mean, like I haven't even seen Holcomb for a while, man. I got crime through the roof here in Marion County, and I have not seen hide nor hair of high tax Holcomb. Eric Holcomb is an elitist
0: snob, and as such, he does not. care about you that's why he called you a human petri dish he cares about his foreign and his elitist buddies and that's why he's hobnobbing with john Kerry over in egypt rather than working for you what's coming up on the show tomorrow well like we said it appears that it could be a good day for republicans next tuesday including now oz ahead in a new poll over fetterman he is off
2: the rails he's rob kendall it's the hammer and nigel show